first audience. This is pretty great. This could be a thing if we had an audience. <laughs> I like are, it. All right. Are you recording, Rocky? Well, I am, but like, okay. Here we go. All right. All right. Who are you? My name is Robert Luke. And you're from? I am from Austin, Texas. Uh, so Robert, in the past you've claimed to be one, oh, you've claimed you wanted to be called the Han Solo filmmaking. Have I actually, I don't think I've actually said that, have I? You have. Oh wow, I must have been it's drunk. In, it's written. That's it's terrible. It's written out. It's a terrible thing for me to have but said. in stone. I um, guess that's a cool thing to say, but no, that's. I is. That is so lame, I can't believe I said that. No, that's that. really, <laughs> was I that's really the time? sweet, probably. Okay. Well, my question is, what sort of filmmaker is that? Um, a rogue, I, I suppose the thought behind it would be a rogue badass filmmaker. Nice. Uh, who shoots first. Um. And asks questions later. Pretty much. But, uh, I would never describe myself that way at all. <laughs> no. All right. Who, who's, here's a good question. So, speaking of Han Solo, so who shot first, Hans or Greedo? I guess it depends if you are... If you've watched Star Wars or if you made it, uh, most the, the common beloved answer is Han shot first. So who's Han Solo? I'm just kidding. That's not a question. Oh, uh, better question. Who's Mel House? Mel House is a friend of mine who um, uh, recently did put out a psychic experiment on Lionsgate from Lionsgate Home Entertainment, and I did the uh, special features for that. Sweet. And uh, we'll hopefully be working on more projects with him in the future. Speaking of, what is Placeholders? Placeholders is a web series that Mel did. Uh, I directed episode three, but it's about uh, a bunch of kids in a, um, what's that word, public access television station. Sweet. And it is hilarious. It's on YouTube and uh, Comedy Central's uh, website. Now, in episode three of Placeholders, uh, we noticed that the characters talk about filming a rap video at the end of that. Now, you've got a history with filming rap videos. Can you tell us about that? I do. So the placeholder, placeholders thing had nothing to do with uh, any of my experience. That was just that was all written by Mel. Um, I've done a number of different rap videos. Um, How about Poise? Who's Poise? Poise is a rapper I did uh, two videos with. Uh, one was, uh, I can't remember if, if the, the video was titled 512 or uh, ATX, but it was about um, hip-hop life in Austin. And uh, I also did another one. It's uh, just uh, just now out on uh, YouTube that I need to start posting on my Facebook page more. Um, and oh, bug. Um, well, tell me, you know, do you have a hip hop life in, in Austin yourself? Uh, I, I don't have much or at all experience in hip hop life. <laughs> Not except for just videotaping it. I'm sure you do. Uh, I, I mostly just record it, but I usually just like hide. <laughs> all right. On a different note, what is the evil bread? Oh man. So, in high school, I worked with uh, Joey Banks, a uh, local actor here, to make a, uh, a short film. And it took us our entire senior year to make it. Uh, cool. And it turned out to be like 30 minutes. So I put parts of it on YouTube, and it's got and on an account I don't even check anymore. And it's got a lot of views. Uh, I guess I should check that account more. Cool. Well, what is the Evil Bread? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an Evil Dead parody where uh, five kids go to the woods. Uh, or go to a cabin in the woods and then eat pot brownies and get attacked by zombies. Well, okay, so speaking of shorts, uh, you had one other short called uh, Boy in the Garage, 
but we're kind of curious, so how did you go from doing Boy in the Garage to Man in the Garage? So when I, when I did the Man in the Garage, uh, I, at the last minute, like after I filmed it, I was like, I need to make a prologue. Uh, so in lieu of a film like Halloween, I made a prologue that shows that he was always like that as a child, kind of explain where, where the character came from. Um, and then when watching the whole thing, that prologue just did not fit with the rest of the movie. So I took it out of the movie and just made it its own short film. And that's why I have a short film called The Boy in the Garage and The Man in the Garage. Sweet. Can you describe to us what they were about? Uh, they were about a psycho killer that was that um, lives and hides in a couple's cluttered garage and kills people. For I, both, both Boy in the Garage and The Man in the Garage? Yes. Okay. But in the, in the first one, it was a child, um, a 12-year-old. Uh, named uh, Jim Neistel, who was, a, who was actually pretty badass in the role. I made it all when I was 21, so I, so now when I watch it, I'm just like, I promise I can do better, everybody, but uh, it, it's a first film. But uh, it's actually a good first film, but and it got me, or it met, made me meet people, but holy shit, I cannot watch it at all. <laughs> oh, I felt creeped out. <laughs> so anyway... What's the series of shorts you're working on? I uh, since the last two years, I've been focusing on a series of shorts that focus on the subjects of love and death. The first one was called Non-Existent, uh, and that is about a um, uh, a girl who's depressed over uh, her dead boyfriend, but that dead boyfriend is haunting her and following her and stalking her as a ghost. And then she reveals that she can still see him. Uh, and then I have Succubus uh, with. Um, both of those were starring Mallory Carrick, and that is about a uh, former boxer who is depressed over killing a guy in a ring, and is so depressed that he eventually uh, meets a female demon that says, "I will, we will make uh, every time we make love, I will kill somebody you love," but he cannot stop making love to her because she is an addiction. Yes. <laughs> now, are these based on real experiences, or just like made up? I've never met a ghost or a demon, so so none of them are based on real experiences. They're based on, um, based, they both try to capture an emotion, uh, but they're but not really based on anything. Every once in a while, I, I just come up with the idea and write it. I know that's the basic how you write something, but uh, I guess I had no point in that. I, I yeah, they're just ideas I've had. So you've done some shorts now, and you've done a feature length, and. The question is, why would someone, let's say, do a short over a feature length, or vice versa? I've been doing a number of features. I also helped uh, film uh, another feature called Possum Walk. So after doing so many features, I feel like I wasn't really telling the stories I wanted to tell. So in order to do that, I had to make shorter. In order to in order to make something with a better quality, with no money at all, I had to make something uh, shorter. I had to make short films instead of making more. See, I, I, I basically I want to make B-level uh, short films instead of a C-level feature film again, until I uh, make the short films I want to do prove that the, these are the stories I want to tell because I wasn't representing myself properly. So now that I'm making the short films I want to tell, I can actually say these are my short films. This is me as an artist. Give me money for a feature. Now, for someone starting out, though, like let's say, um, what would you recommend to someone who's starting out? Though? Well. Go to film school. Uh, there's a lot of people who say you don't need it. You don't need a degree, but you do need to go to fucking school. Um, and see, if I were to tell myself, God, if I were, if I met myself as a teacher, I'd probably punch myself. After that, I would tell myself, uh, you know, pay, go to go to school. Don't drop out. Um, it's, but I'm glad I don't have to pay that off now. <laughs>
uh, and then uh, tell the stories you want to tell because even if you think you're going to do something that is just a an easy easy to shoot small thing, nothing's going to be easy to shoot. So make make the story you want to tell, and um, relearn the basics of screenwriting again. Because I thought I knew what I was doing. When I look back on everything I write before, I'm like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Should have fixed that. Should have fixed that. Shouldn't have done that. Blah 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 blah. So. Focus on story. So I guess uh, focus on story. Go to school and make the story you want to make, and not and don't do something cheap to compromise yourself. Excellent advice. Yeah. So, uh, Robert. Yes. Can you tell me about living in pre-Katrina New Orleans? It was nice. Um, I miss it. Uh, the city will never be the same. But sometimes when I go there, I'm reminded of what it was. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what what is really different now, other than less con less destruction. And it's been so long that it's gotten way better now. Um, it was nice. I don't know how to describe it. I can be thankful that I lived in New Orleans before Katrina. I lived there in 2003, 2002, 2003, and 2004. And um, at the time, I didn't really think of anything of it because I wasn't thinking like I am living here before a huge disaster strikes. Uh, so. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to describe the difference or what it was like, but I'm very thankful I had those experiences. Yeah. Well, tell us about Cajun food. So, for starters, uh, coming living in Texas for so long, I noticed that Texas overspice their Cajun food. So uh, I think the the key is you should do a seasoning, whether it's Tony's or Sloppy Mama. Um, uh, put in more seasoning than you think is necessary. Um, uh, make sure whatever you're sautéing, by sauté I mean frying the crap out of, is blackened, uh, but not overdone. Don't overspice it. You don't need to have too many spices or peppers, uh, but that's the one thing I think Texas do wrong is they think it's, it's a spicy, like, I can't fill my mouth, but it should just be a, a flavor of spice. I'm but I don't know if that made any sense at all. No, it did. It did. You, like, you know, sear it on the outside, juicy on the inside. And, you know, you really work on those spices to make a flavorful, like, you know, succulent meal and not like an explosion of something. Yes. I like that. Hey, what's your favorite Spielberg movie? Ooh. E.T. Nice. I had to think about that one. E.T. is my favorite Spielberg movie. I know it's a cliche. I, like. Liking Spielberg is a cliche, saying E.T. is the best cliche, but for a fucking reason. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah. Some things are because there's a reason, yeah. So, sometimes cliches exist because they're true. Well, what are those cliches? Those cliches? Um, Irish people. <laughs> um, I will hand it to you. You've never worn, like, a kiss me, I'm Irish anything. Oh, Nobody Irish would wear that. Come on. <laughs> like, everything you see, uh, like, fucking St. Patty's Day at Opal Divines or whatever. Well, during the potato family, they all wore that, right? I guess, yes, exactly. So, so what's your next to, question? Back to, no, no, back to, uh, to, no, to, to, to what's a cliche? Yeah, no, what, what's a cliche in ATs? Oh, oh, cliche. Well, I wasn't going to say cliche is, E.T. is a cliche. I was just thinking it's a cliche to like E.T. as the best and a cliche to like Spielberg. As a director. Well, why? In middle school, uh, this one girl who was really into Dawson's Creek um, asked if Spielberg was my favorite director, and at the time I said no, because uh, at the time it was Tim Burton. Um, and she 
mentioned that she thought that because Dawson Creek wanted to be a, f or Dawson the guy, um, wanted to be a filmmaker, and his favorite director was Spielberg, and that, it always seemed like that was a cliche because, I don't, I think the reason Spielberg is considered the guy in filmmaking is because I'm pretty sure everyone likes at least one movie he's done. I don't think you can say that about any other filmmaker. Like, and I'm, when I say everyone, I mean like kid, adult, um, asshole, redneck, liberal, hippie kid. Everyone likes at least one Spielberg movie. So, so everyone likes one Spielberg movie, and I think that's why he's the cliche good director. But it's just weird because he doesn't have anything stylistic or special about the way he does anything. He just does it I, nicely. Go ahead. I could object about that, but okay. I think it's a really valid point. I think that's really valid. Even like trying to like truly think about it. I don't know if any other director appeals to I've, not appeals, I've thought about it for a while. But connects to everyone. I thought about it for a while. And you yeah. think of all the big ones and there's plenty of people who don't like uh let's take on the brats. Um the the, the main important brats. Um Wait, you know, the brats? Yeah. Uh the, the film school brats of the seventies. Oh. Scorsese, Spielberg, Lucas. Okay, okay, um, okay, okay. I'm blanking on everyone else right now because of these things. Um, mm -hmm. But so when you think of them, not ev not everyone likes like kids don't like Scorsese films except for maybe well maybe Hugo now that he's broadening his oh yeah horizon. I I feel like Scorsese is one that after when you hit like your teenage years you mm -hmm. really appreciate it absolutely because they're 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 more like problematic. There are difficult themes. You have to be mm -hmm. like very solid with who you are and like being able to um, process other people's emotionality. <laughs> is that a word? You know? Mm -hmm. A, a nine-year-old is not kind of like Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think the difference between Spielberg, like I love Spielberg, but Scorsese is the only director right now making constantly great films. Yeah. Well, he's just good. He is good. And he's always been good. Always. That scene from Boxcar Bertha, mm -hmm. David Carradine, good God. <laughs> just beautiful. Every time I do an interview or a commentary, we always talk about other movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to, to go back to it, though, so you talked about cliches. What is it about E.T.? Why is E.T. your favorite Spielberg film? Of all the films he's done, why is the E.T. the one? Thing is the most emotional. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but lately I've been dissecting it and dis and wondering if the only reason it's so emotional is because of John Williams' score, which is kind of lame because it gives more power to John Williams than it does Spielberg. But when you break it down, he does more to that movie than Spielberg does. But Spielberg's still the one who says, "Hey, John, do this, make it sound like this." Um, so. And I and it was I had to think about it while, while a little bit drunk and with a, only a few seconds to not bore the audience. Um, science fiction is more interesting to me than an animal horror film, Mike Joss. Um, there's more emotion with E.T. than there is with Close Encounters. I love Ian Jones films, except for the fourth one. And um, there's a fourth one. Uh, let's try, let, let's pretend there's not. I've never seen it, so to me, there's not. Oh, just <laughs> good. Take that. Just you, you. There's a piece of your life that I envy. Um, I try to be excited for that too. I, I tried so hard. I saw it twice. 
Um, and Jurassic Park's a fantastic film. Yeah. It's got dinosaurs. Fuck. <laughs> but I, I decided that because of the emotion and how like amazing it can affect you emotionally, that is why I like E.T. the best of all of Spielberg's films. Another great film that's very underrated is Catch Me If You Can. Oh. That's a good movie. Yeah, it was. Most people it know, really was. I'm pretty sure most people know that it was directed by Spielberg, but they don't think of it as a Spielberg film. Yes. Yes. Well, one thing we could bring up is just, like, Minority Report is probably, like, a very dark Spielberg film. And obviously, like, some dark things. I'm surprised that, like... It's not a Nolan film. No, 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 no. no Spielberg film. <laughs> Spielberg film. Um, so it's interesting that, like, something like, let's say, a Minority Report, or AI even... Oh, well, uh, catch your fancy. Well, AI was kind of more of Spielberg trying to be Kubrick than him trying to be Spielberg. Um, but the problem was he was still trying to be Spielberg. And he, basically, all Kubrick fans compa- complained it was too Spielbergish. All Spielberg fans complained it was too Kubrick film, Kubrickish, and that's the separation. Still, a pretty fucking cool film. I've it's a cool film. Of it that what about way? Minority Report? Most of it's good, but it just. I felt like the ending, like it had a fourth act, like structurally wise, it had a fourth act. Whenever a film feels like it has a fourth act, even, I don't want to say this about Dark Knight, but even The Dark Knight, the second film, um... It's called a denouement. <laughs> we'll call it a fourth act. I call it a fourth act. So when, when a film has a fourth act, it feels like it's going too long because emotionally you feel like you're going longer than you should. The film should be over by now. And a lot of people bitch about that with The Dark Knight, but in my mind I was like, keep going. You can make you can make the sequel right now. Show me the sequel. Show me a six-hour film. Show me two and three right now. So when I was seeing Dark Knight, I didn't complain. But I can see why someone would bitch about that. Um, when it comes to Minority Report, there was... It really did feel like it, the movie ended, and then it kept going, and then it ended again. Um, not in a way like Lord of the Rings uh, felt, uh, Return of the King did, mm-hmm. but... But, you know, it's just one of those things where it, it, it ended, and then it kept going, like I said, uh, and it, it just felt off. Did you see the Total yeah. Recall remake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. So, uh, Robert? Yes, ma'am? Who'd win in a Kirk Han solo fight? Oh. So, the problem with that is that I'm fans of both franchises, um, and I think, I think you have to decide, like, do they have a phaser slash blaster? Um, or are they just punching? Because Captain Kirk mm. punches very awkwardly. But powerfully. But you've never actually seen Han Solo throw a punch. Indian Jones makes excuses to punch people. Uh, fuck, it, um, Captain Kirk makes excuses to uh, punch women before he, <laughs> after he kisses them. <laughs> Even Iman. Take that, David Bowie. Ooh, yeah. Man. So, Han Solo is more of a badass. Because Han Solo barely ever punched someone ever, we're just talking about fist fighting. Yeah. I'm gonna give it to Captain Kirk. Ooh. Awesome. I, I, that's a tough question, but I'm gonna give it to Captain Kirk on that one. Awesome. Assuming we're talking about blasting or punching. Yeah. Um, if if Han Solo didn't have a blaster and Captain Kirk didn't have a phaser, um, I think Captain Kirk would uh, he, he'd fight, he'd punch awkwardly. Yeah. But I and, and his show would get ripped. I think he would win. Awesome. I like that. 
Hey, uh, I have something scandalous to tell you. Ooh. And we'll probably edit this out. All right, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, you might not be. So it is my dream yeah. that they will make a Kirk Han Solo slash fiction. I think a lot of people like that. So um, I think that's a lot of people's dream, actually. So I, I, every once in a while, I, I, I'm curious. And I do this um, a survey on MySpace, Facebook, Live Journal, whatever the current thing is at the time. And I ask, hey, Han Solo or Captain Kirk? Okay. It's directed to the ladies, and more gay men will answer. And more gay men like um, Captain Kirk or Han Solo. Really? Really. Every time I do a, a, a Captain Kirk or Han Solo survey to the ladies or the gay dudes, they all, the, the ladies are half and half Han Solo, Captain mm -hmm. Kirk. Um, it's usually the uh, more scandalous ladies that are into uh, Captain Kirk, because mm -hmm. he's more of the, the male slut. And Han Solo, uh, even though he's a rogue, and he's he's still charming, and he uh, it is, and because they deleted this one shot in the first Star Wars movie, where he had a girlfriend in the cantina, Ooh. Mm -hmm. uh, he, you only saw ever saw him with one woman, mm -hmm. so he's a good guy. That's true. But Captain Kirk was with lots of ladies, <laughs> some of them were multicolored. Yeah, so I was gonna call it like um, a confidence. Not so much scandalousness, but I do like that. I think that's a very good insight. It's interesting that Captain mm -hmm. Kirk is compared more to, or compared and contrasted with Han Solo more than he is Luke Skywalker, because Luke Skywalker yeah. is the hero, but, <laughs> but but Han Solo is, you know, is has a Captain Kirk mentality, mm -hmm. yeah. somewhat as being like yeah. the guy who doesn't listen to orders and is a ladies' man, but you've only ever seen Han Solo with one woman. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. That is interesting. Because for his character type, minus his sexuality, you know, it's it's an interesting mix. So, tell us about The Dark Knight Rises. What about it? Well, did you like it? I liked it. Now, it's not a perfect movie. It should have been better. I wanted to like it more. The problem is, that the first time I saw it, I was so tired, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to think about it, so I was going to sleep on it. Then I woke up to find out fucking tragedy happened at another screen that's while I was watching it. And that totally bummed me out. To the point where I, was, I, I felt like I wasn't allowed to be excited because some fucking asshole started... Ugh. So, and uh, from now on, like, that movie will always be tied to that tragedy. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I feel like a majority of America has common sense to understand that he is depraved. And there is something mentally... Um, I don't want to say wrong. Maybe um, there's an in um, like there's an incomper like there's something just amiss there mentally in that man. I agree, but I think America will associate that man with this movie. So that movie is stuck with that guy. Yeah. Fuck him. But um, yeah, fuck that so guy. if I so I saw it the same time I was able to like look at it more. I I don't like the character of John Blake. Now I love Christopher Nolan films. I think he's a fantastic director. I didn't like John Blake, and I'm coming from a huge Batman fan from, like, the beginning of my Inception. hey -o. <laughs> Or Inception. <laughs> That's what I said. Wait, is, is that a movie? I didn't know that was a movie. It is a movie. Oh, God. It's pretty ah. good. <laughs> oh, my God. Inception of the Mind. Yeah. You wasted beer. It's okay. It happens. <laughs> it but shouldn't. go on. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't like John Blake. I, I feel like if you 
Like if, if you take the story of the movie, yeah. you pluck him out, the story will progress exactly the same. You don't need him. He doesn't do anything except like except well, for like rescue Jim Gordon in that one scene. And being you Batman, how do you how do you make me Batman without you know John Blake, Jim Blake, John Blake? Well, I mean, what you do is either you how do you make you Batman without Joseph Gordon Levitt? You do, you do <laughs> well. You do one of two things. Man. This this is a big cop oh. to topic of how, how do you do it? You either reboot and start off with Bruce Wayne, and don't mm -hmm. do another origin story. We don't need an origin story. Yeah. Just do it like Arkham, like the, like the Arkham video games. That was yeah. perfect. Just have him be Batman, kick some ass, and start a new story because we know who Batman is. We know who the Joker is. We know who these characters are. We don't need to be reintroduced them. So you can just start off with the uh, re re reboot, like the Amazing Spider-Man did. And uh, just re reboot it with, with, but without a reintroduction and origin. We know who they are. Move on. That's true. Or you could serious. You could probably move on with John Blake being a Robin or Nightwing type. Yes, that's uh, what I was. And yes, then, yes, yes. And then ba Bruce Wayne comes out of retirement for like a third time. Mm -hmm. And I had to think about it. Like Robert, would you like a movie? That uh, a Batman movie that does not have Bruce Wayne in it, and I was like, "Fuck no." No, but I'd like a Nightwing movie starring Joseph Gordon. Uh, I think even that Robin would be freaking amazing. Even if even if he was Robin, if he was Robin or Nightwing, now. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I say Robin because I, Robin yeah, could be done right, Wait, but what? Nightwing still Robin can be done right. Yes, it can be. It's, and he does not. Need Chris O'Donnell was was a good actor, but. That, those movies sucked. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was Rucker, one of the highlights in those movies, yeah. actually. Well, he really was because he yeah. did a, he did it right. Yeah. Um, Robin was campy, but the entire fucking movies were campy. Yeah. If if he was campy in a Burton good. movie, I think uh, been pretty good. Or or if Josh Schumacher realized that hey, Warner Brothers is actually going to do a Batman sequel because I did Lost Boys. I'm going to make a dark movie like Lost Boys. Batman would have been way better, and Robin would have been more well received. Every, every, I, I've been realizing that everyone only remembers the last movie someone's done. Yeah. Because when they think of Catwoman, they think of Halle Berry. Yeah. When they think of Robin, they think of Batman and Robin. So no, people, no. I think in that you're wrong. Because yeah. I like to forget that Halle Berry was Catwoman. Most people Despite do. Despite that I like Halle Berry, and I like Catwoman, um, I, I like to forget that they ever mixed. And, like, the same for everything else. Like, if it goes amiss, I just like to conveniently forget that the bad parts were there. I never, I, I never, I never saw it, but I believe you. So, so the Nolan movies are the Nolan Batman movies are what makes me think this. Yeah. When he announced Joker was going to be played by um, Heath Ledger, everyone freaked out like, "Oh my God, the gay cowboy!" As if that's the only part he's ever done. And yeah. then when people come talk about the ending of The Dark Knight Rises, they're no, like, "Maybe it's a dream." No, just that like Inception. was that was his first like major role because if you think about it before he had only been in like like Night's very Tale. minor rom-coms Night's Tale 10 Things I Hate About You and that goth movie that he was in whatever that was Gothica Gothica okay was he goth, in that? goth movie Gothica okay he was in Gothica and yeah he was good in all that. like I don't know but that was his first major role, so that's why. But after after Dark Knight Rises, people would say like at the end, Alfred, what he sees, yeah, is just a dream, uh, because and everyone kept making dream comparisons with Dark Knight Rises, because they can um, only remember the last movie he's fantasy. made. Yeah, they they can only ma ma compare to the last thing he's made. 
So I, I th I've been working on a study that people, if they don't study filmography or well, not study, but but most common Walmart Americans will generally just remember the last film a big person has made. Wait, 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 wait. I I think that's valid. Kind no, 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 no. Also, in the movie, if you watch it twice, the pearls are missing. When they go back to the estate deal, they note that the pearls are mm -hmm. missing. And Anne Hathaway's wearing the pearls, which can make that point. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. It was not much fun. But uh, I'm just saying that a lot of. But that was my point when a lot of people when they, they, they just remember the last the last thing the director's did, done. Well, he didn't die. Well. Batman didn't die. At least right now, Batman didn't die. No, Batman doesn't die. Because Sorry, he's Batman. guys. Bat Spoiler alert. Batman, Batman could be lung die. cancer with cigarettes. <laughs> All right. Wait, he can be a cigarette? No, I said he. I said Batman can beat lung cancer with cigarettes. There you go. Wow. That's an now, excellent... <laughs> a big question. That's an excellent course. saying, sir. Batman can beat lung cancer with cigarettes. Okay. How do you feel about no mention of the Joker at all in Dark Knight Rises? I was, I was cool with that. I mean, um, I, I kind of got it, so it didn't faze me. I knew that the actor who did it was amazing and yeah. was not going to be top anytime soon. If ever. So let's just not even talk about it. Let's just move on and make a whole new movie. So I was cool with that. Even plot-wise, though? I like that they, they referred to the previous film with Two-Face as if he did more damage than yeah. the Joker. So it's cool with that. All, all the Joker did was scare people, but if but the point of it was that if Two-Face was revealed to be Harvey Dent, then, uh, then all the gangsters and, and the uh, organized crime would be reversed and set back on, on I almost said Austin, uh, <laughs> set back on Gotham. So I think it was the point that Harvey Dent was a bigger, oh, Two-Face was a bigger deal, or Harvey Dent, than uh, this one guy who scared a few people by killing like three people in the movie. Yeah. Honestly, Two-Face killed more people than, than Joker did. Fair enough. Joker killed very little people in Dark Knight. Do you know how many people uh, Jack Nicholson killed as a Joker? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Now, how is it going back to like watching the originals compared to the new ones? Because at the time, in 89, 92, those were pretty dark films. Yeah. Compared to like everything else at the time. Well, so what I find amazing about Batman films, like when you look at how Batman films are received in 1966, 1989, 92, 95, 97, 2005, 2008, and then 2012, they're always like the biggest movies ever, no matter what, the biggest movies ever. Um, when you look at 89, you can see that this is what kind of started, what, what made Batman so huge for modern day filmmaking. I, I kind of consider modern day filmmaking started in 1973. Um, and then, uh, before that was a different type of Filmmaking Batman. I'm finished with this now. And um, so um, we we're talking about the older Batman movies. There, there are little, little things that where Batman would not do that, but he wouldn't do that in the other. But he did that in the Nolan movies also. So the Batman, Batman movie is pretty great, but it doesn't feel as good. It doesn't feel as realistic. It doesn't feel like Bruce Wayne's a character. That's the thing with all of them, or the Burton films that because they they matter. Uh, in the first two movies, Bruce Wayne's not a character. The the villain is more of a three dimensional, bigger deal than the than, than Batman. So it's like who fucking cares about Bruce Wayne? Let's just see Batman beat the fuck out out of this three dimensional character we've been following.
That's the the uh, burn films. Of course, the second one was super campy, but still kind of awesome. I like the ending. Yeah, yeah. Same here. It's just weird that they follow a. Um, there's a. Oh god, what's the episode called? It, it follows the. It doesn't follow a comic book. It, it follows the episode where Penguin and Batman run for mayor. But except in Batman Returns, Batman's not running for mayor. So yeah. in Batman Returns. Penguin's running for mayor, and it's almost like identical to one of the '60s episodes where Penguin's yeah. running for mayor. Yeah. And Batman runs runs to oppose him. I vaguely remember. Yeah, yeah. You know what the scariest episode was in the, ba the Batman series when a fucking clam ate Robin. Now you're talking about the '60s series, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, fu a fucking clam I, I ate Robin, and when they they did the to be continued thing, you're like, Robin's dead. <laughs> Robin is dead now, and then. And then he pulled him apart, and Adam West was like, Good thing the uh, a clam's digestive whatever is 24 hours or something <laughs> crap. But I, I, I've been thinking about a lot how, like, on the 60s episode, that, that one episode is, the, is when you thought Robin died yeah. on the 60s show. Yeah. What, the to be continued two part cliffhanger thing that yeah. they always do? Yeah. They finally got Robin. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a great reference to the comic books, you know? Like, that's pretty cool. I mean, well, even if it's not precise. That happened, like, 20 years later. <laughs> Ooh, the first yeah. Robin death. No, the first Robin death was in 1986? Almost I'm bad with timelines, I'm not gonna lie. That's crazy, though. Well, they, Were they, they did... Were they inspired? No, 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 not at all. They, so, so <laughs> the two part clam episode no. really inspired me to just kill no, no, off so, Robin. So, okay, so, so Dick Grayson grew up, and then they, they had a new Robin uh, called, named Jason Todd. Yeah, and they did they did a voting thing. So they, they had like readers vote on who, who dies, who lives. Robin fucking lost with the viewer with the with the uh, audience, and so um yeah. so the Joker bashes brains in with a crowbar, and he was still alive. And kablooey bomb explodes in this building in Afghanistan or whatever Middle Eastern country he was in, and Bevan carries out his broken bloody body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in the eighties. Yeah, I remember that. He came back, which which was the worst thing ever. Yeah. When Robin two and Bucky came back, <laughs> terrible. This is why comic book writing cannot be taken seriously. So you don't prefer female Robin to male Robin then? Female Robin, sweet. Okay, so when it comes to Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> Dark Knight Returns, excuse me, I, 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 it just doesn't feel like Batman to me, so I don't like, we're, we're talking more about Batman than, than yeah. me. He's old, okay. he's like an old man, he's like an old man, there's a lady. I don't like Batman Returns, there I said it. <laughs> I respect it, but I don't like it. There's a few parts where he's not Batman-like, and that's why I don't like it. I'm trying to think back. On what was not Batman like, but I just don't know what. What was not? Tell me because I don't remember. I'm finishing this is off. I, don't know. I, I think All we right. saw that 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 box of wine. So <laughs> we do. wine. Okay. Um, so bring it back to you then. How does Batman relate to you as a filmmaker? <laughs> when I was four. Um, you know, you know when before you're six, you remember a lot. You remember your kindergarten teacher, because he said I was there. You remember a few friends you met in kindergarten? I remember when 
Batman, you know that shot where um, the, the two crooks are saying, hey, get out of here about the American Express card? In the background, you see Batman with his cape. <laughs> Drop down. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. That's Sing awesome. it. I even yelled out, Batman, my mom told me to be quiet. <laughs> and then they turn around, and they're, they're fucking is. There's big, like, Awesome. I yelled out Batman again. My mom told me to be quiet. And then he does the whole I'm Batman thing. Oh. I remember that so clearly. Now, all the, now I remember all the talking scenes. They were boring. <laughs> they were boring. Um, oh. so, so I remember all the talking <laughs> scenes, but I remember all the Batman vs. Joker stuff. So that was me when I was cool. four. And then when I was seven, Batman Returns came out, and that was like the biggest thing ever. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, and returns, yeah. And um, then when I was about 10 years old, Batman 3 came out. Here's the sequel to Batman Returns, and it ruined my childhood. <laughs> I have fond memories of that movie. I hated that movie. <laughs> I saw it with my dad, and it was awesome. That, sound, that, that sounds great. I hated it. So, as a filmmaker, when I was a teenager, I, I really liked Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. I got older and stopped being a teenager and looked at myself, looked at myself and like filmmaking, real, and the world more realistically. Tim Burton was less interesting. Yeah. For me as a filmmaker, I don't I don't know if he inspires me as a filmmaker. I just think he's fucking cool. I just think Batman's fucking cool. Um, Maybe I, I, I wore black, and um, I hate when people consider themselves a loner, but I do. Um, I don't know if I do consider myself uh, inspired by Batman as a filmmaker, other than when I was four. That's the, I, I, skipped, I totally skipped the most important part that probably, probably answers that question that you <laughs> knew to ask. So when I was four... Going on six, I remember watching Batman over and over, knew every line, knew every little part, and it wasn't until like halfway through, probably when I was five or six, when I realized that that guy with the pointy eyebrows, that was Batman. Um, I remember thinking, like, I want to tell stories. And it was because of that movie that I was like, I want to tell stories. And to me, the modern day version of storytelling was fucking movies. So I guess that would be the answer. And I'm sticking with it. Sweet. Well then, what's next for uh, Robert Hansel Luke? Oh god, I hope that doesn't stick. It should. I have so many stories I want to tell. There's one story I want to I want to tell soon, and I hope to make do, to be making it soon, whether it's here or somewhere else. Robert. Yes, ma'am. Um, in your drunken state. All right. All right. Is there anything that we have not asked you previously that you would like to cover on video or audio or whatever? Now you did everything. Everything? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else about your soul, your, like, persona, your, like, so. inside the body meat carcass that you'd like to go over? I am so not, not that interesting. <laughs> whatever. Okay. All yes. right. Well, you have a good night, then. And this is Robert Luke. Hi. <laughs> And this is Yurik, oh. Eleanor, Poor Yurik. Oh, and that's myself, me. Leroy. Leroy. Yeah, good night. Good night, Internet.
Alright, All right, awesome. have fun. I hope the internet forgets I said meat carcass. Because that's. Can we edit that out cleverly? No.